Hello, friends. Blessings on this sixth week of Lent. This week is Holy Week, the week that we remember the events leading up to Jesus' death on the cross. All of Lent has been leading to this, to the cross, where Jesus absorbed our sin and all of our offenses, and where he showed us the full extent of the Father's love. Some of us have given up something during Lent. Our little acts of self-emptying during the season remind us of Jesus' ultimate self-emptying. A week before Jesus went to the cross, he went to Bethany, and he shared a meal with his good friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and others. John 12, verses 1-2 to says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. What stands out to you about this scene? To me, I notice a certain humility. A humility because Lazarus has been raised from the dead not long before. People were flocking to see him with their own eyes. He had become a rock star. So much so that the Pharisees decided that he, along with Jesus, needed to be killed. Here, Lazarus resumes normal life with his family and friends. Lazarus wasn't the guest of honor at this dinner. He was simply, quote, one of those at the table with Jesus, unquote. I love that the gospel writer chose to capture these details in the life of Jesus. A meal. The names of the people sharing at the meal. Who was seated there? Who was serving? There's something beautiful, even sacred, about the ordinariness of these moments. Maybe that's because there's something sacred about the ordinary moments of our lives. You know, the gospel writers could have chosen just to record the teachings of Jesus, the miracles he performed, but they gave attention to these details. They considered these things important. Perhaps because Christ himself considered them important. There is a sense here of the goodness and the ordinary work of preparing and serving, eating and being together. God made us with a simple need for food and for fellowship, and those things intersect beautifully in this scene. Then something extraordinary happens in the midst of this meal. Let's read verse 3. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. What do you notice here in this verse? What stands out to you about this gift that Mary gives? What is special about it? I notice that Mary's gift is extravagant. 
It's expensive. It's sacrificial. I noticed that Mary poured out the perfume without the accompaniment of words. It seems she had no need for words. The perfume spoke for itself. I noticed that the scent of the perfume filled the house. Without saying a word, her gift becomes a profound statement that everyone notices, and her gift changes the atmosphere. Do you wonder anything about this scene? Here's what I wonder. I wonder if Mary was frightened or anxious about doing this thing that was surely going to be criticized by someone. I wonder what it was she so desperately wanted to communicate to Jesus. Was it a gratitude beyond words for resurrecting her brother Lazarus? As a woman who would have had less of a voice in her society, Was this her way of proclaiming what her words would not have been able to proclaim as effectively about her devotion to Christ, a proclamation of who he is? You know, Jesus had been talking to his disciples about the fact that he was going to be killed, and they didn't really get it. But I wonder, I just wonder, if maybe she got it if she knew he was going to die and felt compelled to express her love for him in such an extravagant way in anticipation of this death. Something else I notice about this gift, it is imaginative and deeply personal. Something that was not in any way prescribed by anyone else, but which Mary felt compelled to give even if no one understood it but Jesus himself. Mary didn't spill the bottle of perfume over Jesus' feet and wipe it with her hair because she felt like doing something good for God. She did it out of a deep response to a profound experience of his love in her life. And that response reflected who she was. It wasn't someone else's response. It was very much her own. I wonder if there is someone in your own life, like Mary, who has anointed Jesus' feet with a perfume of an extravagant or bold or creative and deeply personal act of worship. Who comes to mind? What comes to mind? A friend of mine climbs mountains as part of her worship. It started during the pandemic, when we couldn't meet for church in person, so she climbed a mountain. Now that we're meeting in person for church again, she'll often get up early on a Sunday to climb that mountain before church, because that has become an important, personal way for her to worship God and to be with God, and I think it is beautiful. It reminds me of Mary with her bottle of perfume. It's like she's saying, God, I love you all the time, but I want you to know how much I really love you. I love you this much. I will climb a mountain for you. I will even do it early in the morning before the sun is up. This is my extravagant act of worship. 
my bottle of perfume spilled on your feet. This week, as we approach Good Friday, we have the opportunity to remember and to reflect on the extravagant act of self-giving love Jesus did on our behalf at the cross. What does that love taste like to your soul? The unmeasurable, never-ending, eternally available love of God for you, made available through Christ, through the cross. How has that love changed you? Will you let it change you more? Where will you go for more of it? If that love feels distant or abstract, can you ask God for a revelation of his love for you? A personal revelation? I believe he will give it. And when he does, remember Mary. Remember the bottle of perfume. Let's pray. Loving Lord of all our days, there is no good thing in our lives that we don't owe to you. We thank you for the gift of ordinary moments filled with good things like food and family and friends. And we thank you for your extraordinary love, always with us, always working for good in our lives, and so preciously poured out for us on the cross. May we have the courage to respond to your love like Mary, unafraid of what others will think of our devotion or whether they will even see it at all. Amen.